So uh, we are continuing on in this series called Let's Chat. And it's a series where we are focusing on the Lord's Prayer. And we're focusing on the Lord's Prayer because we really want you to understand what it is that you're saying when you pray the Lord's Prayer. But also we want to provide you with a model, a model of prayer as you chat with God, as you do something kind of like what Laura's pointing out, one of those things that you just do every day, it should be something that you just naturally happens, this ongoing dialogue and conversation that you have with God throughout the day, every day. Now, for those of you who are new here or who are watching for the first time from home, uh, two weeks ago, we started this series and we learned that Jesus teaches in the Lord's Prayer that we can uh, address God, right, the God of the universe, as Father, a Father who loves us, who cares about us, and who is always around us and close by us. We also learned the first of seven petitions in the Lord's Prayer. There are seven petitions or requests that you make in the Lord's Prayer. The first one is, hallowed be your name where you're asking, uh, where you're praying that you would keep God's name uh, holy, that you would give it the honor and the respect that it deserves in all that you say and do. Now, last weekend, we looked at petitions two and three, where it says, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we looked and we dove into God's word and we explored some images of what the world could look like if God's will were done, if, if, if God's kingdom were to come and his will were to be done. And we learned that as we pray this prayer, we're praying that God would be king of us, that he would be able to rule over us, that his will would be done in us. And not just us, right? We're also praying that it would be done in the lives of those around us, as well as the lives of everybody on planet earth. Today, we're looking at the fourth petition, where Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 11, give us today our daily bread. And, and to be sure, um, these are very simple words, but you need to understand that when you say, give us today our daily bread, you are actually asking God two things. First, you're praying that God would decrease the amount of worry that you feel about the future, that he would decrease how worked up you can get about what might or might not happen. So that's the first thing. But at the same time, you're asking God to also increase your awareness of his presence and activity in your life. So when you say, give us this day our daily bread, all right, you're asking God to help you be content with who you are and what you have, but also you're asking that, um, that you would rely more and more upon God as your heavenly father. So in a nutshell, this is a prayer of dependence upon God, right? You're saying, Father, I am going to depend on you for everything. I'm going to count on you to come through for me. That's what you're saying. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret I'm not going to get all worked up and stressed out. I'm going to trust you as my heavenly father. That's what you're saying when you pray those words. And as you pray those words, I think it would be helpful for you as you pray for daily dependence upon God that you keep in mind these four things. First, when you pray for daily dependence upon God, you want to pray with gratitude, not grumbling. And I know I shouldn't even have to say that, and it's probably redundant. Of course, you know that. But it is easy for us to forget to thank God for the air that we're breathing or for any of the countless blessings that he gives us. 
It's easy to get into grumbling mode, to be like the Israelites. You know, in Exodus 16, you can read how God had set the Israelites free after hundreds and hundreds of years of slavery. And yet, even though God had delivered them from Egypt, after he had walked them through the parted waters of the Red Sea and had conquered Pharaoh's army, protecting his people, even though God had led them and guided them through the wilderness with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, even though God provided them with water and food in the form of quail and manna, the people grumbled. They weren't grateful. You read Exodus 16 sometime. It's not that long of a chapter. You'll just, you'll think, you know, what a bunch of dumb heads. You know, what were they thinking? I mean, okay, maybe not that, but you know, what were they thinking? And, and, and yet it happens today, right? It happens today all the time. It is so easy to just forget that God does amazing things in ways that he cares for you. It's easy to forget that, that he cares for you. It's easy to overlook the many obvious gifts that he provides day in and day out over and over and over and over again. If you were on a deserted island fighting to survive, if you had just enough food, water, and shelter, you'd be happy with that. Obviously, all of you have an abundance of those things. Yesterday, you probably had a plate full of food. Last night, you probably slept in a pretty comfortable and warm bed. And my point is that when you have this abundance of things, instead of grumbling about what you don't have, don't be like the Israelites, okay? Be grateful. Recognize all of the blessings that God has poured out into your life. A God who is a heavenly father who loves you. So when you say, and we're going to pray the Lord's Prayer later on in the service, but as you pray those words, give us this day our daily bread, in your mind, you should be thinking, Thank you, God. Thank you for your abundant goodness to me. Now, to just make this real practical, what I'm going to do is, and just to help you to not grumble, but to be more grateful for all that God has done, I'm going to give you a homework assignment. I don't normally do this, but I'm going to do it today because I feel like it. So, what I'm going to ask is to, for you to get a spiral notebook. It could be any spiral notebook. It doesn't have to be this big, just spiral notebook. And write on the cover, blessing book. Okay, just like that. And, and here's what I'd like you to do. You can do this by yourself. If you've got kids, right, you can do this with your family. If you have grandkids, invite them to share. These are the two challenges that I want you to do with your blessing book. All right, first of all, I want you to write down any time you see God answering your prayers or meeting your needs. Just write it down. Open up your page. Start writing those down. If a family member has a health concern and God meets that need and, meets that need and answers that prayer, write it down. If you have a financial situation and you have some need there and God somehow answers that problem, write it down. Anytime God answers a prayer or meets a need, you write it down in your blessing book. And here's why. Here's why. If you can do that and you make it tangible, you're writing it out like that. And you don't have to be prolific in the words. You don't have to make a paragraph, just a simple statement. But if you're writing it down, guess what's going to happen? You're going to grumble less and less about what you don't have because you're going to be focused more and more on what you do have. And as you see that list grow, it's going to fill your heart with gratitude. So that's challenge number one. Here's challenge number two. Challenge number two is after six months, read through this. So six months, I don't know, you know, let's say Easter is April 4th, so around Easter or thereafter. 
pull it out. Okay, and, and, and just read through it, maybe with your family, if you're doing it with your family or your grandkids, but read through it and see all the different ways by which God has blessed you by answering your prayers or meeting your needs. Okay, it will strengthen and build your trust in him. I guarantee it. It will help remind you, you have a heavenly father who loves to bless you. And it will motivate you even more to just chat with God throughout the day about whatever it is that might be on your heart, just to bring to him your needs. In Ephesians 5, it says, sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. So when you pray in the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread, think about all of the things, like, like Laura said, all of the things that God has given to you. Think about all of those things and be grateful that you have a God who pours out so many blessings upon you. All right, second, when you pray for daily dependence upon God, you also want to pray for your needs and not your greeds. Obviously, there's a very big difference between what you want and what you really truly need. In the Bible, in Luke 12, Jesus teaches a very familiar story about the rich fool. Familiar with that one? There's this farmer who gets this bumper crop. God blesses him with this abundant harvest. And the guy falls into the trap of greed. He becomes selfish. And he says this in verse 18. He says, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. Now this guy could have been generous and shared some of his crops, his abundance with the poor and the needy, but he doesn't do it. He wants more, right? That's the trap of greed. And when you pray the petition, give us this day our daily bread, that's a, that's a, a trap you're trying to help, uh, you, you want to avoid. You're asking God to help you just not be greedy, but to be content with, you, with what you have and even share out of your abundance. But there's a second trap I want to address. This one isn't as obvious as the trap of greed but it's just as dangerous. And it's the trap of exclusion. The trap of exclusion is when you mistakenly filter out things out of your prayers that you shouldn't be filtering, filtering out of your prayers. Okay, but you do because for whatever reason you think that what you want to pray about, but you don't, you filter it out. You don't think it's important enough or it's not urgent enough or it's not big enough or holy enough or whatever enough. So you don't pray about certain things that you should really be praying about. And, and here's how the trap works. Because you don't include God in all of the different areas of your life, it's tempting to think that God isn't interested in all of those areas of your life. Now, that's not true. Of course, God's interested. But when you exclude him from certain areas, you're not going to pray about those areas, are you? And when you don't pray about those areas, guess what happens? You start to do this with God. You start to drift away from God. And all of a sudden, you've excluded him. You're, you're, that, that's the trap of exclusion. So you, you, you want to avoid that. Now, the good news is that no matter what trap you fall into, whether it's a trap of greed or the trap of exclusion or some other trap of sin, you can always go to God, right? You can go to him in humble confession and repentance and you can say, God, I'm sorry for my waywardness or my foolishness or my stubborn pride or my disobedience or rebellion or whatever. And you can know and believe that he will forgive you. You can know and believe that Jesus earned your forgiveness by his bloodstained cross, 
you can know that through his death, you are renewed and restored back into a relationship with God. So while it's true that we have this amazing God whom we love and worship, a heavenly father who loves to forgive us when we mess up, he's also a heavenly father who loves to bless you and meet your needs. So what needs do you have? As you're sitting here right now, what is it that you need from your heavenly father right now? Do you need encouragement because you had a doctor's visit and it didn't go well? Do you need wisdom because you have an important decision coming up and boy, you really like some guidance on that? Do you need endurance because your marriage or maybe a relationship you're in is, is kind of messed up? Do you, need, um, do you need strength because you're struggling with a sinful addiction and it's, and it's winning? It's winning more than it should. Do you need renewal uh, because you're kind of going through a spiritual dry season in your life and you really need to say, God, draw me close to you again. Whatever it is, here's what I want you to do. Just take a second, okay, think about what you need from your Heavenly Father right now and just in your heart, tell him. Go ahead. And as you do that, listen to these words from Philippians 4. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, present your request to God. When you pray the words of the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Again, like, like Laura mentioned, you're not just praying for food and shelter and clothing. You're praying for everything. Any need that you might have at any particular moment. It might be a spiritual need. It might be a relational need. It might be an emotional need or a physical need. Whatever it is, you want to pray to God for your needs. Not your greeds, but your needs. Third, when you pray for daily dependence upon God, also pray with an attitude of submission, not stubbornness. Last week I mentioned how Jesus wrestled in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember, he, he's wrestling because he knows what's coming down the, down the road for him. He knows that it, it's not going to be long before he dies for the sins of the world. He knows that he's going to face excruciating pain, horrifying death. He also knows that he's going to uh, endure spiritual pain, the spiritual pain of carrying your guilt, my guilt, the guilt of all people throughout all of time. Right? He's going to shoulder the full curse of sin, but he does it anyway. He endures separation from his heavenly father so that you don't have to, so that I don't, no one has to. But instead, by grace, through faith in Jesus as our Savior, we might be forgiven and saved. But the point here is that in Jesus, we see this perfect example of submission, right? He offers up this, this prayer of submission, saying, Father, not my will, but yours be done. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you is because it's easy for us to get things backwards when it comes to God. To think of God as kind of a genie, okay, that he exists to meet all our needs. That he's simply walking around behind us wherever we go, just waiting to fulfill our every whim. That he's just waiting to satisfy our every impulse and desire. <laughs> that, that's not true. That's not the God that we know and love and worship. Look at this. In Romans 12, Paul says this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. A pattern that in some cases even sees God as this genie, this good luck charm for you. 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So when you're talking to your heavenly father, okay, as you're sitting down chatting through him, uh, chatting with him throughout the day, any part of the day, as you're kind of having this ongoing dialogue with him, certainly, certainly you pray, God, your kingdom come. Your will, your will be done in my character, in my marriage, in my workplace, with my kids, in my walk with you, in all that I have and own. Certainly, you pray that. But you also, I would challenge you to also say, but Father, when it comes to what I want and desire, I humbly submit to your will there too. I submit to your good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's what it means to have an attitude of submission. And honestly, when you are able to pray with that kind of an attitude of submission like that, you will find yourself living confident that you are under the umbrella of God's good and gracious will. All of your everyday needs will be met by him. He will take care of all of your needs as they align with his perfect plan for you. So you also pray with a submissive heart. Your will be done. But fourth, when it comes to praying for daily dependence upon God, you also want to pray trusting, not troubled. And this is important because I know it's easy to trust God when you look at what he has done for you in the past and even to a certain degree to trust him right now because you know he's with you. But I guarantee there are going to be times in your life when things are going to get all messed up, when things are going to be turned upside down and inside out in your life. And you may wonder, is God really going to be there for me in the future? And then you start worrying again. Ooh, right? You start getting worked up. You start fretting about what might or what might not happen. And frankly, here's the thing. When you are busy worrying about the future, you are not busy trusting God, are you? Because you, you can't do both at the same time. And I've shared that with you, right? Because worry is an enemy of trust. Worry is what gets you to question God's love. It's what gets you to doubt whether or not God has the capacity to lead you in the way that's best for you. Worry is what gets you to wonder if somehow God's blessings are going to dry up on you. See, that's what worry does. What's interesting is how after Jesus in Matthew teaches the Lord's Prayer, just a few verses later, he goes on to explain how God cares for things like birds and flowers but he does it to drive home the point that if he cares for birds and flowers, he cares so much more for you. Look at what he says here in Matthew 6. Jesus says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Right? And all these things will be given to you as well. So every breath that you breathe, right, every bite of food that you take, every paycheck you receive, everything that happens, happens because you have a father who is taking very, very good care of you. And so as you pray the Lord's Prayer, and as you get to that point where you pray, give us this day our daily bread, don't let it just roll off your lips. It's going to be hard because you're in the middle of this prayer and you're just, you're going, but you're just, 
just like this thing going on. Just pause for a second in your mind and think to yourself, you're praying this to build daily dependence upon your heavenly father, to build trust in a God who loves you more than you could possibly imagine. God cares about you. He cares about everything that's going on in your life. He cares about the simplest, most basic need, like air, and he cares about the the most complicated, deepest issue that you might be going through in your life. He cares. So practice daily dependence upon God. When you say, give us this day our our daily bread, I want you to pray with gratitude, not grumbling. Pray for your needs, not your greeds. Pray with an attitude of submission. Lord, you know best. And then trust that he does and that he will meet all of your needs in a way that will bless you. So let me just close with a couple of action steps, all right? Let me give you a couple of things to do. And I'm going to drive home uh, once again this homework assignment. But um, first, let me just challenge you to connect with God and, and start a blessing book. Okay, this is my blessing book. Um, Carla, you're over there. We're going to be doing this, huh? Okay, good. She's nodding. Good answer. So we're going to be doing this. We're going to be writing down, you know, anytime God has answered our prayers or met needs. And I can tell you, we have had some needs met in amazing ways just these last couple of uh, days. So they're going in the book. But try it, okay? And then six months from now, read through it again and just be amazed at how God has blessed you and let it move you to have a heart filled with gratitude for your amazing God. All right, second, um, second thing I want you to do is to avoid the trap of exclusion when you pray. Uh, you know, God cares about you, right? He cares about every little detail, everything. So don't exclude him, okay? Otherwise, you don't want to drift from him. All right, third, follow Jesus' lead and pray with an attitude of submission. When you bring your needs to the Lord, okay, you want to be quick to add, Father, not my will, Because my will's messed up. Your will is messed up by sin. So not my will, Father. Yours be done. It's the best will. It always is the best plan. Yours be done. So that's my hope for you. My hope is as you pray the words, give us this day our daily bread, you will certainly be content with who you are and all that you have, but also you will rely even more, that you will depend even more and more upon your heavenly Father who loves you so much. All right, would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father in heaven, what a joy it is to know that you invite us to bring before you whatever needs we might have, from the, the simplest and the most basic to the most profound and complex. Lord God, we know that you will graciously answer those needs in a way that is always the best for us. So forgive us, Lord, for the times when we've grumbled or when we've complained or when we've allowed ourselves to become worried or troubled. Lord, bless us instead with a power-filled faith and trust in you that submits to your lordship and, and that trusts in your goodness and love for us. Lord God, we love you back. And we pray all this in Jesus' great name. Amen.